Hello and welcome to Red Men Radio, episode number 47. I'm joined by Tom Dutton today while Paul's on a jaunt in snowy, snowy London. Um, so we're going to kick off, of course, with a question. Uh, the topics this week, we'll do news in brief. It's Emre Chanty Aventus, the winter break, Jorginho linked from Napoli, Alisson talks progression, uh, and then we're going to look at the big topic of the day, which will be our front three and how good it is compared to some of the other front threes in Europe. Uh, then we're going to talk Newcastle, Rafa Benitez and finally get into your comments. Uh, so to kick us off, Paul James on Facebook said, if Liverpool were the seven dwarfs, which Liverpool player would be each dwarf? So we've got Doc, yeah. we've got Sleepy, Sneezy, Bashful, Grumpy, Dopey and Happy, Tom. I did have to research them because I forgot what the seven dwarfs actually were. Same here. And I also had to look up what Bashful actually meant. Didn't have to do that. I mean shy. Yes. For anyone who doesn't know. Like me, um, I, I'll be honest. I I went quite literal on these. I mean, I st- I'll start with Doc for you. I actually, I either went with Lalana because he's seen loads of treatment rooms, so he's picked up loads of tips. Okay. Or Firmino because he never gets injured. Okay. Yep. Sound. I've gone with James Milner because Doc's kind of like the the elder dwarf, the kind of sort of ringleader. Yep. So I've picked James Milner for that. Who did you go for for Sleepy? I went for Mignolet because yeah. he's going to be on the bench all the time. Uh, well, n- not for, that's not the reason, but I went for Mignolet exactly the same. I went for Mignolet because he falls asleep every time there's a cross coming to his box. No, that's very true. And, and look, both both then, because he's going to be on the bench and because he doesn't look at the ball when he's, when he's playing. What about Sneezy, Tom? I went for Lovren because the amount of times you go, he's yes, not in the squad shot. and he's always sick. So he must have a cold, a really bad cold. I went for Lalana, but I'm thinking I will change it to Lovren for those reasons. I went for Lalana because he's injured more than most players, but yeah. Lovren is he right. Lovren's always sick. He always just picks up something. Yeah. So yeah, him, him all day. Good shout, bashful. Genie, genie. He's just. I mean, we've met him. He's shy. Tom. He was. He was quite shy. He was reserved, and I mean, he's not on the pitch, uh, but he just. He's just such a nice guy. So not over and not over. Um, Overbearing, I should say. He was just very calm and composed. What about Grumpy? Look, uh, I went for Ward or Klein because neither of them are going to get a game. And then I think we both went, yeah, Ward, he's never, ever getting a game of football. And he hasn't for the past two seasons. So he's but, a bit annoyed. He's a little bit grumpy. But then you could go with, like, uh, Lalana's a a bit of a uh, a knock on the pitch you could say that maybe yeah, absolutely I've gone for Robertson because he's Scottish sorry Scottish <laughs> listeners uh, Dopey is definitely Alberto Moreno <laughs> I don't think you can go for anyone else he's the first one I put down yeah same here and Happy Salah ooh yeah. shout I went Bobby that, yeah, that that amazing smile. Yeah, both of them. I, I think Salah is happiest right now because everywhere in Liverpool he goes, he just gets love as he should do. I'm sure Bobby does as well. But do, do you think Salah got a free chippy last week, or do you think he paid? I mean, I hope so. I think I, I, what I think happened is Salah went, "Oh no, I'll pay," and he went, "No, no, no," and he went, "No, I'll pay." I'm I'm on like a hundred thousand pounds a week, and the fellas like, "Okay, then go ahead." Is it, I, I I used to work in restaurants, and you used to work in one of the restaurants that I worked in for for since time. Began, Again, footballers get free meals. I've never understood it. Is is it just? And this is before Instagram. And yeah. This is before like they posted on Twitter and stuff like that. You'd give them it. It's like what? What? Why? They can afford it. If it's a good meal, they'll tell the mates regardless of whether you got it for free or not. True. True. I think it's more that that's the one thing as a restaurant manager or anything can give back to a footballer. So I'd take that chance if I if 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 I saw a footballer in a bar, I'd be buying him pints all night because he makes me happy. 
most weekends, so I'm going to make him happy. I used that, to, I used to give Martin Skirtle extra stuff on the Great American Grill at the tavern, right? And I realised that every time I did it, he had a poor weekend yeah. because I'm overfilling him. <laughs> so it's actually a bad idea to ply them with pints or with with extra food because you know you want these guys to you want them to order a mixed grill and just serve them a salad. Yeah, yeah. That's what you need yeah. to do with footballers. And that's fair enough. You want to be calling the nutritionist and being like, "Look, can you have this?" I don't scratching on them in in, in ways just so that. They play better on the football That's field. That's it, isn't it? And yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm all in on that. And listen, they've ruined plenty of weekend of mine, so I'm not averse to send them a shit meal either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just to get them back a little bit for terrible. those crap performances. Yeah. Imagine Glenn Johnson comes in, you're just like, just don't save him, just don't save him at all. Like, I don't know. It's one of them. I, you always got to try and give back. That's why I'm always wary. I, I never like going up to footballers when they're on the street. If I ever see them, I'll give them a nod. They probably won't look at me. And I'll carry on with my day because I don't want to annoy them. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Okay, well, we'll get into the news in brief then. Uh, we said we'd start off with Emre Chanty, Juventus. Um, Juventus has come out in Gazeta della Sport that they want to tie this deal up over the next week because essentially they're getting itchy feet. You know, they've, they, this Emre Chan saga has dragged on for a little while now, Tom, as you well know. And yeah. I can understand this from Juventus' point of view because... Why? Why they don't want somebody else to come in last minute like a Barcelona, or a Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, and then essentially steal Emery Chan from them when they've done a lot of legwork on this deal? So you can understand it equally. Chan's been pretty good, hasn't he? Yeah. Because he's focusing on Liverpool and right now, and he knows it's important for us. Do you think though the question would Emery Chan be a big loss for Liverpool? Yes, and I think it's not about just now. Even I think we were talking about it on the Man of the Match podcast. We were saying Milner was fantastic and. So was Emery Chan, but the only thing that really stopped Emery Chan from being at that level was his decision making, and and it's always been a, a a bowl of contention with Emery Chan is he's not making the right pass, he's not fast enough. That will come in time, and it's it it's hard because he's gonna be a a real big footballer in German football as well, and I think we need that in our squad. We need a full German international in the midfield pulling the strings. He's fantastic. I remember when he first came in. Got him for like twelve million or something like that, and I was made up because I'd heard about this young young talent who was was making waves, and I was made up we were getting him, and I'm I'll be gutted if he goes. Genuinely, I don't. People people can have mixed reactions about him. I really like watching him play. I think he's he's a destroyer when he wants to be. But you see with them passes, the pass for Bobby's, and he's played yeah. them all his career. He played That's the wrong foot as well, isn't it? With the outside of his foot, Do you remember that one? Yeah. He like does a little Cruyff turn or whatever and plays it over the top. He's he's a rare talent and I think we've got to look. If he wants to go, he wants to go. But we've got to try everything to keep hold of him. I okay, think. I I respect your opinion. Um, I do. I, do, I I'm not sure he'll be a big miss for Liverpool. I, I agree with everything that you've said. I do think he's a good player. Uh, I think he will improve, and I think he be, he will be a star on the world stage, uh, probably for Germany because they'll do good things. Uh, but also, if he was to move to Juventus or something, my think, thinking on it is, and it's gutting that he's going to go for free because that's not part of yeah. FSG's strategy. You know, developing a player, and then you, you're not supposed to lose them for free. But the one thing is, I do think there are better players out there, better suited to Liverpool. Jorginho, yeah. um, we will talk about later could be one of those players so this to me although it galls me a little bit 
it's not like we're losing Bobby Firmino or Mo Salah. Yeah. This is a replaceable player as far as I'm concerned. And it pisses me off that we're going to lose him for free probably at the end of the season. But I do think we can get yeah. better players in. Um, so I'm not too disheartened by it all. I think with the, the Juventus from their point of view, look, we did the same with Keita. We just want to get it wrapped up. You don't want anything being messed around. You want your fans to be calm, knowing that the player's coming in. And then you can start making plans around that. So I've got no problem with them coming in and just going, look, we want to get it settled. It means that we know what's happening with Emery Chan. It means they know what's happening with Emery Chan. If he wants to go, let's just do it now before. Yeah. And maybe if it's even, even it might, might be done and not announced, that yeah. might be a, a thing that works for all parties. Now, you know, the, the the difference, I suppose, between the Kaita deal and the Emery Chan deal, they're legally entitled to speak to Emery Chan because he's he's entered the last few months yeah. of his contract. So they're well, well within their rights to go and speak to him and try and announce this, aren't they? OK, well, we'll move on to the winter break then. Uh, it's broken this morning, actually, on day of filming. The, the winter break will be introduced in the 1920 season. Uh, as it stands, the FA Cup fifth round is not going to have a replay uh, and a round of FA Cup games will be moved to midweek. Uh, Premier League games, one game week is going to be broken into two. So there's going to be five fixtures one weekend and five fixtures the next. This ensuring a 13-day break for all the Premier League teams early part of February. Uh, initial thoughts, Tom Dutton? I think it's quite a good idea. I think... Look, we always knew we need that break. We always, you always see the players flagging, and we've had to do a mass amount of rotation just to kind of combat that, and we've come through it really well. And that's just down to man management, game management. We've we've had to do it. Um, some teams haven't done it, and look, you, we'll see how they fare towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it's hard because most of the leagues have this. I mean, I, I think is this going to be shorter than the. German one. Yeah, so I think the three weeks, a lot of the leagues around Europe and, you know, Scotland has a, I can't remember if it's two or three weeks, I think it's three weeks, Germany I think is a three week gap and stuff yeah. like that. So, interestingly, one of the things that I was thinking about is, if Jürgen Klopp, and I imagine he still will be our manager, him, Pep Guardiola and a few of the other managers that have managed outside of England yeah. could have a big advantage going into this because your likes of your Sam Allardyce and your Pardew and yeah. even your Eddie Howes, they're not going to have managed that and they're going to have to just have a little think about it and get people around them to be able to focus the players and come up with some kind of training regime, aren't they? Definitely. I wonder I wonder if it's going to be... Because it's not like they're going to send them on holiday. You might go away for maybe like three days, but that's going to be training. You can't imagine you can glop or go, right, see, go, go and sun yourself up for two weeks. It's not going to be that. It's going to be, it's going to be the same intense training, uh, I'd, I'd imagine, because you don't want players to... That could be another thing. We I don't I've never seen it in the Premier League, so I don't know how people come back after that break. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're a bit too relaxed. The momentum could have shifted. Um, it's one of them. Though I'm happy to see it come in. The less the less strain you're putting on players, especially Liverpool players, the better for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are a few other things that, you know, Sai, as soon as it was mentioned a few weeks ago, it was broken about two or three weeks ago, Sai was very much of the opinion who's, who's, behind, who's be, behind the camera uh, and also behind the desk for those listeners, uh, not viewers. Um, he was very adamant that, you know, it could be a severe disadvantage playing second because you'd always rather have your points on the board and there are a lot of the sort of little facets of this that are yeah. quite interesting and could 
could harm or, or you know, help your team as we move forward. Okay, well, we'll move on to the next story because this is news and brief. Jorginho yeah. uh, linked uh, DM from Napoli, Tom. He's a player who probably would replace uh, Emre Chan moving into this Liverpool side, moving into next season. Is it a player that you've seen a lot of and do you like the link? I've not seen much of him. I've, I've seen like two YouTube compilations um, and you've always got to be wary of them, obviously. Mm. But a lot of people have been saying, oh, he, he looks like um, uh, he looks like uh, Jordan Henderson. Like it's a bad thing. I think you've seen why Klopp likes Jordan Henderson in there. And if he can play, he looks like he plays a lot more, a lot better passing, a lot better passes than Jordan Henderson. Jordan Henderson likes that whip ball into the back mm-hmm. post. He likes to spread it diagonally. This lad looks like he can do what Phil Coutinho used to do for us. Emery Chan's doing a little bit of it for us, where he's just the edge of the, the attacking third and he's playing them balls over to a Mo Salah it could be. And I th- that, that excites me, to be honest with you. Um, I haven't seen much of his defensive work. The compilation was just assists. Because yeah. that's and that's, fa- that's fair enough, see. isn't it? It's a defensive midfielder at the end of the day. I think he's averaging two tackles a game. Uh, he's sitting very much in front of the back four in a 4-3-3 formation for Napoli this season. In fact, all 26 of his appearances so far have been in that DM slot, that six role uh, for Napoli. Um, one of the things that I've been reading up about him as well as watching a few YouTube compilations, he likes to operate in advanced areas against deep defences, apparently. Um, with 32 key passes this season, he's the most creative player out of Napoli's front four. So when you think about a Liverpool side, Emery Chan's not the most creative player yeah. or Jordan Henderson isn't the most creative player you're looking at probably your full backs and then maybe your two eights the fact that this guy's able to do that from the sixth position shows you why Jürgen Klopp would be interested just from those stats alone because you know the more and more teams are sitting back against us yeah. your defensive midfielder does become more advanced and if he's comfortable as you say sitting on the edge of the day and spraying short passes in and around the forwards and that could be something that Liverpool will want to see it's one of them as well where look when of when of these transfers First, have a lot of down under Jurgen Klopp. There's been maybe there was Carius was always the one that people pull out, and he's starting to grow into stuff. And Cork, I think Cork is the only one we didn't spend anything on. Exa- exactly. So I think it's one of them where I trust. So I said it before. I, I I don't care. I he said before I even saw him, I was game on him, and that's just because we want him. Liverpool won him, so let's. I just back the manager, back the training staff. That even if he's not the full article by the time we get him, good. If he's not the full article, that means we're just gonna add on. We're gonna get a better player. Yeah, the good things that we do transfer that onto him with the good stuff that he does, and I'm I'm always excited to hear about any new player now. If it's a, if it's a good link and you look at them and you go, he's a Klopp style player. He looks like a Klopp style player. He looks like the kind of six that we've been playing. Um, so yeah, bring him in. Okay, and finally, uh, goalkeeper talk, Alisson from Roma once again. Paul Joyce came out last week, didn't he, Tom? And, and he mentioned that Liverpool weren't looking at Alisson anymore. It's since come out in Brazilian media this week that Liverpool are in talks. Um, how I don't know, I'm taking this with a pinch of salt because yeah. I, I, I trust Paul Joyce, to be honest with you. But apparently Manchester United and Chelsea and links for the goal, with the goalkeeper as well. Uh, it looks like he probably will beat out uh, Edison to start in goal for Brazil. Uh, the move would probably happen after the World Cup. It'll yeah. be a huge transfer fee. Um, right here, right now, do you think he'd be a good signing or would you like to wait a little bit and trust to see what Carrius can do between the sticks? Well, he seems to be in good form, doesn't he, from his, his recent performances. He seems to be doing well. His distribution's good by all accounts, I think. It's a weird one because if Chelsea and United are in for them, the, if United get rid of the hair, 
he's going to United, you mm. know what I mean? United will pull out all the stops, pay big money for him, and you'd understand why. Um, it's one of them, I think, Carius deserves a chance. He's going to get a chance regardless, he's going to get the end of the season. And look, if he hasn't pulled his finger out, then, yeah, get someone else in. But I think the amount of time he's given us, the amount of patience that he's given us, and to Jürgen Klopp, and with, with Simon Mignolet being number one for so long, just just give Carius the, just give Carius the chance, and then... And then we'll see what happens. I'm sure there's other goalkeepers lined up as well. Yeah, I, you know what? I like this for a couple of reasons. Um, I'm fully bought into giving Carrius a chance, but equally you can't you can't rest on your laurels either. Nope. You've got to make provision for if Carrius messes up between now and the end of the season. So you should still be looking for a goalkeeper. You should still be looking at Alisson, progressing those talks. It might come to it in two months' time and you go, Nah, you're yeah. all right. I don't want Alisson. Carrius is fine, but you've got to put the legwork in, especially with other teams sniffing around him. Uh, so we'll move on then uh, to topic one of the show. Um, how good is the front three? Are we the best front three in Europe? Roberto Firmino, Mo Salah, Sadio Mane going up against the likes of Barcelona's front three, Real Madrid's front three, PSG, Bayern, Man City. I mean, there's some belting front threes there, Tom. Right now, where are we? Oh, we're, we're number one in the world because we're Liverpool, but no, all jokes aside, I think there are some frightening front threes. I had a look. The ones that stand out to me are Barca's, which is Coutinho, Messi and Suarez, which I'm, like, I would pay good money to have that at Liverpool. And then you've got PSG, who are obviously the top scorers in the in Champions League with Neymar, Cavani and Mbappe. Um, I think just are they in- still the top scorers in the Champions League? I think Liverpool might be top scorers are in the Champions League. Are we top scorers now? Are we... we- Put oh, five yeah, past yeah, Porto, yeah, of course, didn't we? Of course, then. Well, yeah, we're the best in Europe. There you go, there's the stat. I don't know. It's There's some really seasoned professionals in there as well. Ronaldo, Benzema, Bale, mm. Real, and Ribery, Lewandowski, Robin, of Bayern. I think in terms of our movement, I don't know if you disagree, if you agree or disagree, in terms of our movement and fluidity, I think we're the best. We all work for each other at that front three um, more than I think any of the others do because we just... I, I think we seem a bit more selfless. I don't know. Yeah, I, I well, listen, I'll tell you what, I'll tackle the Barcelona one first and foremost. They've got two of the best players in the world, and Messi and Suarez, and Coutinho hasn't quite hit the ground running there. So I don't think that can, that front three is as good as our front three, just from the basis of they've only really got two up and running at the moment, whereas all three of ours are banging form and scoring goals at the same time. Yeah. I think it's something ridiculous, like we've scored 66 goals between our front three. Yeah. I think if you measure it just on goals, then we have scored more than every other team. You know, PSG's front three as good as it is, Neymar, Cavani, and Mbappe. I don't think they've scored 66 goals between the three of them, yeah. although the team's scoring loads and loads of goals yeah. as well. Um, so for me, I agree with you. I think the movement between the front three, the way Firmino drops in, the way you're looking to integrate Mane, getting on to the end of things now. I mean, he not only had a hat-trick against Pauls, he could have had a hat-trick against West Ham. Yeah. You know, he missed two massive chances there. And what we've seen over the recent weeks is that he is available and free in the box more and more. The longer these guys are playing together, they're getting that sort of teamwork and they understand yeah. where people are going to be. And if they'd had this kind of, we'll call it fluidity, at the beginning of the season, we might even be top of the league. You never know. You know, yeah. and that's the that's the thing. Right now, these three players understand how to play with each other. And the longer that continues, the better we're going to get as a front three. And if you can get players in like Keita and, and maybe another centre-back to partner Van Dijk, this is a frightening Liverpool side. It already is a exactly. frightening Liverpool side. We're incredible. It's the, the, the other thing is, look, you can talk about goals all you want. If you talk about chances creative, 
I'm sure we dwarf every single other one of them from threes. I've never, I've, I haven't done the research into it, but I'm pretty certain the amount of chances we create for our front three, and I'm just talking about the front three creating chances for each other. I'm not talking about Modric playing an inch perfect pass to Ronaldo and he scores, and I'm not talking about Iniesta coming deep and Kevin De Bruyne doing all this stuff. Our leg work is pretty much done by our front three, and then a few midfield runners and. I think just in terms of that, when you watch us in the Champions League and we're on a break and it's just them front three, that frightens people more than anyone else, I think. Yeah, um, because we're not having to overcommit, are exactly. we? Exactly. That's the thing. And and, and, and look, you, that Ronaldo Benzema Bale, I love that. Every single pro evolution game, they are the best because they're so strong. And I'm talking about a game instead of real football here, but you take me meaning in that. They're just they're just brilliant like athletes. Athletes, exactly. They're fantastic. But I, I don't know, I, I I love watching R from three play more than any others and that, that might be because I watch them all the time. But I've I've watched Barca, I like to I enjoy watching Barca, but Liverpool's from three are just the best. Yeah, and this is comparable to thirteen fourteen with Suarez, uh, Sterling, and Daniel Sturridge. You know, we've scored more goals than those as a partnership. Now, um, we will continue to score more goals. We're going to score so many goals between now and the end of the season. You know, we're starting to put fours and fives past teams. We've scored seven twice this season. This Liverpool side isn't even getting the credit it deserves because of Manchester City in the yeah. Premier League and just how good they've well, been. That, that's the other one. Then I guess Sané, Aguero, Sterling. I'll be honest, Sané, I didn't know why they bought him and he is one of the best wingers I have ever seen. Like, he's so fast, he's got, like, a fearlessness about him. Um, So, I mean, Aguero's a brilliant forward. Sterling's really good as well. So, I think they're the closest ones for me, maybe Barca as well, just because, I don't know, they're doing it in the Premier League as well. Mm. I know people might say, oh, well, it doesn't matter, but I think it does. You're coming up against different kinds of defences. We talk about this all the time. Premier League isn't just one kind of team. There's a load of different styles and stuff. Formations, yeah. styles, cultural differences exactly. because of the managers and the players and stuff like that. Yeah, I fully agree with that. And listen, that Manchester City side for me, as good as the front three are, the Bruyne and Silver are the architects, yeah. architects of everything that they do. Yeah. You know, what the one thing for me, from a tactical point of view, that I've enjoyed seeing from Manchester City this season is he's managed to integrate two number 10s into a midfield three. And I don't think anybody really thought that that was going to be possible. David Silver, a slight player who's played as a 10 most of his career, incredible footballer now playing as a midfield player, you know, and you've got Kevin De Bruyne doing exactly the same. I do wonder whether Liverpool could move into that direction and whether we will, if we strengthen that defensive midfielder and centre-back partnership, maybe the goalkeeper as well. Maybe that will free us up to play another creative player alongside someone like an Adam Lallana or an Oxlade-Chamberlain in the centre of the park. But there we go. Uh, That's the first part of the podcast over and done with. Uh, Before we move on to the second part, which is Newcastle and Rafa and then questions... I do want to plug uh, Sachin, Na- Sachin Nakrani's article for the Redmen TV website. It's www.theredmentv.com. 
an absolutely brilliant article on the importance of getting the next Roberto Firmino into Liverpool now because this is a guy uh, Roberto Firmino that's almost irreplaceable as a Liverpool yeah. striker at the moment you know we've got not got anyone in the squad I don't feel that can do what Roberto Firmino does Sachin breaks this down do go over and check that out he's guest writer this week absolutely brilliant article so part two of the podcast Newcastle and Rafa Benitez at the weekend Rafa Benitez a man that we all love for bringing the European Cup and FA Cup to Liverpool in 2005 and 2006 uh, we loved him when he was at Valencia apart from when he was beating us um, but that Valencia side were absolutely brilliant I remember watching them in a in a pre-season friendly I think they beat us 3-0 at the time and you know they were incredible and the movement that they had and the players that they had and Rafa what he'd done with that team was incredible you know he goes on to win a, a, a UEFA Cup I think it was back in the day yeah. uh, when Rafa won it with them moves and he wins a league title in, in La Liga and, and, and then he comes to us and does what he does he's not had the best of times against us though has he Tom? No and I think it's a shame because he's such a good manager I just don't think he has the squad at Newcastle and I'm not saying Newcastle could beat us don't get me wrong he could they've got some good players in there but um, I just think you look at his squad and he needs more and that's always been his problem I feel he's never been given the backing that he needs to do to, to do what he really is able to achieve um, it's one of them if you look at the last seven games they've won one drew four and lost two the two they lost was against Chelsea and Man City. The one they won was United. So, as long as we don't go out there like Mourinho, which we definitely won't, and we go out there like Chelsea and Man City, which we definitely will, I think we'll be in good stead to this. Yeah, I'm expecting a tactical battle from Rafa Benitez. You know, the last three games he's played as manager at Anfield. Um or against Liverpool, I should say. We drew with Newcastle United one all in October 2017. Uh, we drew two all in April 2016 when he was manager of Newcastle, and we drew with Chelsea at Anfield two all in 2013. So he's not beaten us since he has been a manager against us and since he's managed us. So we just we still fear him. We know what he can do. He can set a team up for an individual game, just like the Manchester United game. He can get a result. Yeah. Will he have the answers to the questions of our front three, though, Tom? Exactly, and I think he's going to rely massively on Shelby because he kind of anchors their midfield. I've watched them a little bit the past few games, and Shelby is the one that they go to. He he just sprays balls out, and he's a great passer of the ball. I I I mean I don't rate him that highly, but I I, I think he's a. a good quality Premier League midfielder, you know what I mean? So I think as long as we can stifle that, as long as we stifle him, we've kind of taken away a bit of their attack. I don't... No one can stop our front three, though. So... So, no, they can't stop us. Yeah, I can't wait. And listen, Rafa will get a, a brilliant reception, as he always will. And if you want to check out the Uncensored Match Build-Up show on YouTube, that will be out probably Thursday evening. Uh, we'll, we'll look at that game in more depth and detail. Paul will be back as well, hosting that as normal. So do check out the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash the Red Men TV. I'm looking forward to the game. Big game. I expect the, uh, all of the Liverpool players who've been playing over the last few weeks to play, you should too. Uh, so we'll move on to questions then. First one comes from at it's Malachi. Are you confident of the front trio sticking at Liverpool for the foreseeable future? Will Firmino sign a new contract soon? I'm confident about Firmino and Mane staying. Um, Salah for the next season or two, I think, will stay. Um, but if he carries on in this form, well then, it depends, doesn't it? Because it's been said before, but as long as we're matching their aspirations... Yeah. Then, then why would they leave? It's it's like you don't look at Man City players and they, they want to leave to Real Madrid, Real Madrid and, and Barcelona anytime soon because 
they're winning the Premier League, the champ, the challenging in 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 the champion Champions League. Um, I think as long as we can do that, why would they leave? Why yeah. would you want to go to a, a, a worse league? In my opinion, I'm, I'm I know La Liga is still a great league, so is the Bundesliga, but in terms of competition, the Premier League, in my opinion, is the best. So why would you want to not challenge for the Premier League? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think that Liverpool have to challenge for the Premier League. And I think we can. I think we're we're a, a really stable foundation now where we can go on and kick on, especially next year. I think a title challenge isn't uh, out of the realms of possibilities, like a proper title challenge against probably the best one of the best Premier League sides there has been. Yeah. You know, there's been some great Manchester United sides, unfortunately. There's been some great Chelsea sides, unfortunately. This Manchester City side ranks along like the Arsenal's Invincibles. They're yeah, that yeah. good. They're going to garner that many points this season that they'll be deserving to be talked up on in those upper echelons of the um, of those great sides. Now, this Liverpool side can make it and I think we will make it. We need a few additions, as we know. I'm not, to answer the question, Malachi, I'm not as worried um, about us losing those in the foreseeable. I can't see Salah going anywhere in the summer because we'll have just won the European Cup for a start. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, we'll have finished second in the Premier League and that'll be enough for him to say one or two more seasons. <laughs> we'll probably retain the European Cup for the seventh time we yeah. win the, that next season. We'll do the double with the Premier League. We might even get a get the Capital One Cup well, or we'll the Carabao get, Cup or we'll something We'll do all well. of them, yeah. We'll get the FA, we'll get the Carabao, all that. And, um, and life will be good. And, and, you know, it'll sign a lifetime contract because he just loves the city. And I, I know I know we're kind of joking there, but genuinely, if it, I mean, Firmino's going to sign a new contract yeah. because it's the this he is the it. best team for him right now. Yeah. Like the, maybe in two years it might not be, but right now he is the focal point of our attack. But he's not, and he gets the freedom of 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 of, of assisting, and he can come deep. He knows he's got people who are doing the legwork up top for him in, in Mo Salah and Mane kind of helping with that. But no one else fits him as good as this team, and Klopp's kind of Klopp kind of worked this team around him to an extent. Yeah, he's the. I think he's the most important player for Liverpool right now, and yeah. I want to see him sign a new contract before anybody else because yeah. of that. You know, you could take Mo Salah out, and I don't want to take Mo Salah out, but you can get another pacey guy who can finish to play alongside Roberto Firmino. Are there any replacements for Roberto Firmino in world football? Probably not. Here's the thing. Jagan Klopp didn't even sign Roberto Firmino. Roberto Firmino was a ten. I still talk about it. I still want to see Roberto Firmino as a ten, but he keeps he keeps making me think, "What are you talking about, Chris? This lad's a fucking yeah. number nine." Do you yeah. know what I mean? And one of the things with Bobby Firmino is Klopp has trained him to do that. Exactly. Klopp, Klopp has seen what he's about and put him there and built a team around him. You've got your manager's full support. You've got the team playing the way you want it to play. Bobby Firmino's happier and he's got two players that are making him look great and although he's probably talked about less, he is being talked about and this week there was an article out about Bobby Firmino being the number nine for Brazil in the World Cup. Now, if that can he achieve that elsewhere? Maybe, maybe not. But will he be looked upon as fondly? Probably not and that's the thing. Yeah, and, and, and look, even if, even if Brazil sadly don't play to the same style that we do, he can still finish a ball. He's still one of the most skillful players we have at the club. Yeah. He fits in perfectly in that Brazil side. I mean, he's competing against Jesus, who is fantastic. Um, I'm not sure who else. I think Fred's Neymar gone now, hasn't there he? as well. Yeah, obviously in the front three. Neymar as well. I, I think he'll fit in with that Brazil squad. He's 
he's so he's just brilliant tactically he's a, great footballer. He's a yeah. great footballer and that's what that's about okay Jason Dale on Facebook do you think Klopp will look for another centre back to partner Van Dijk in the summer or do you think he'll work with what he already has I'll take this one first okay. Tom. Um, I do think he'll look for another centre back this summer but again much like the goalkeeper that I was talking about earlier on I do think he'll see how a partnership flourishes between probably Lovren and Van Dijk and Matip and Van Dijk now there's question marks for me over both centre halves um, question marks Lovren They've played his Liverpool career because of his mistakes. Of course, that's not a, that's not a thing. That is a thing. Sorry, Matip. There are question marks about his defensive ability. Yeah. To be honest, I think his passing second time. I think his passing is actually better than Virgil Van Dijk. Uh, we could do with a mix of the two players. We've said it so many times over the last sort of couple of months. You know, somewhere between a Lovren and a Matip could be the perfect foil. If Alderweireld's on the open yeah. market, though. Just go and get him. Yeah, there's Cooler Barley there as well. I've, I've been, I've seen him play when we did the the Germany tour when uh, we played against Napoli. He was he was he was fantastic. Um, I know it was pre-season, but he was still he was so strong. Just really, really good centre back. Um, I'll be honest, I wouldn't mind him just bringing in a youngster. I think we've got we've got three good quality Premier League defenders there. One of them's fantastic. Um, see what the partnership goes like. I know we've got. We still got Clav on there. Gomez is probably gonna get shifted over. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see just a young up and coming. If I'm honest, just get someone in around Joe Gomez's age, and just see, just see, just see what we can do. Kind of what we did with the Lordy that time. We brought him in. Obviously, it didn't work out, but he was a different kind of centre back, quite pacey. Um, yeah, I want to see. I want to see an up and coming. Get get someone in like that. Who's the Who's the one from Leicester? No idea. Oh. Freaking hell. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Maguire. Maguire, yeah. yeah, get Harry Maguire in. I mean, he'll want first team football, obviously, so I don't know if we'll get him, but someone in that ilk, I think. Okay, yeah, and, and and for me, I'd rather have the experience of it. Um but I do like the I do like the Gomez to centre back shouts, and I think that will happen over the next couple of years. I think it's an important position for this Liverpool side, probably more important than even we all think it is, uh, because it will give us the freedom and a good base to go on and keep attacking teams, which sounds mental when you're talking about a defender. Um Benjamin Protzman at Ben underscore Jammins twenty one. Will we find the number ten replacement? Anytime soon, with all this talk of finding the goalkeeper, boosting defence, and a number six, or do you think a new number ten is even needed, Tom? I think a new player on the front line is needed. Yeah, um, just as cover for all three of them positions. I know that's a hard thing to find, but just get someone nice and pacey in there who can play that centre forward role if needs be. Um, someone like Danny Ings, but bigger. Someone like Solanke, but who's proven to score goals genuinely. Um, so it's one of them. I I don't think a number ten's needed because we're bolstering that midfield. I think Cater's gonna kind of be that in my mind because our midfield runners do that all the time. You saw James Milner; he's just so good at that. Uh, getting into the box late, you know, Ronaldo does it as well. I think that's kind of more what we're doing in terms of how we're attacking teams. Mm-hmm. And then Emery Chan, the deep line player, is being the playmaker. So. I don't. I don't think we'll get a number ten to be honest. Okay. Yeah. I am. Um, I think a number six is massively important for yeah. the midfield. I think between Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Genie Wijnaldum, a fit Adam Lallana, and uh, Naby Keita. We're probably sorted for yeah. the for the eights, I'd guess, for next season. I'd be quite surprised if we did sign another. You've also got to think about where Henderson's going to play. Yeah. I'd guess it would be a backup for a six or something, or maybe even the six himself. Um, so for me, I agree with you. I think it's about replacing Coutinho on the left-hand side yeah. or maybe the right-hand side. I think we definitely need probably one or two reinforcements for that because, you know, these lads, Mo Salah, 
Uh, we'll go to the World Cup this summer. He'll come back. He'll, they'll need a break at some point. Yep. You know, they can't be expected to play two seasons in a World Cup every single game like they will have been doing by the time we by the time we get to the World Cup even. So for me, yeah, we need massive reinforcements up top. Uh, someone who can rest for me, you know, Mane and it Salah. De- it depends as well. How Divock Origi is still on loan, isn't he? So yeah. So if he's if he, I know we kind of he said he wanted to stay where he was, but. I mean, if he's who cares? He's our player. If he's gonna, if if Klopp thinks he can do a job and he's progressed enough, then maybe that's sorted it because he's got a bit of pace. He can be that out ball sometimes. He he's good at holding the ball up. He's not brilliant at it, but he can do it. Um, so I think he could be an answer that we just we've forgotten about because he's been away. Okay. Um, at Mister Cree. Nice. If Liverpool were ever to become part of a fixed elite European league, would that affect your support of the club as it doesn't really match up with the values of Liverpool as a city and a club? Do you want me to take this one first? If you could. Okay, yes, it would. Um, obviously, I'm still going to love Liverpool Football Club because that's ingrained in me and I can't change that. Um, but I don't like the idea of a European league. I've never liked the idea of a European league. Guess why? Because it's dead hard to get to away games anyway. <laughs> South, no, Southampton's yeah. pretty far, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, it's absolutely ridiculous to make supporters go and travel all across Europe for a season. I mean, it would be absolutely fucking mental to be going and asking fans to go over and fly yeah. over to to Milan to play a game over there every few weeks and stuff. It's hard enough when there's three European games in the Champions League to be able to afford to as a football yeah. fan and then have the time off to be able to go and do this. And I'm quite lucky. I follow Liverpool as my job. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. we still struggle. Yeah, Imagine yeah. working like a nine to five Monday to Friday, and then jetting away for your weekends to to places. It would be friggin' ridiculous. Exactly. I mean, the football games would theoretically be fantastic, but I don't know. I think you get that with the Champions League, in my yeah, opinion. The, and our league's the best. Yeah, exactly. Ex- exactly. So I mean, it's it's one of them where these teams are. If if it was a fixed league. I think teams would just go, why do we kind of bother? We're playing these massive games. We're getting loads of money, loads of TV money. The Champions League makes you fight for every game. Uh, and I think that's that's a massive part of it. Everyone's fighting to to get into there, first and foremost. That's why you want That's why we want top four. That's why we're always upset if we don't get top four. Because we want to be challenging the best teams in the leagues. Um, so I, I, I don't think it'll come to fruition because... Yeah, it won't. No Unless the only reason that might do is because PSG and 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 these other teams with not that much competition in the leagues, but just get them to. Hey, listen, an spread team. the money around, boys. Spread the money around. Stop taking all the money off the other teams. Exactly. You're the ones that have unfortunately done that to your league, so you should be the ones that sort it out. Uh, at E underscore Kiba, will Porto be a good opportunity to try Trent in midfield? Uh, no, I mean mm, no. I I get it. Because we've already won the game, but I'd rather just keep him at right back, keep him in that mindset. I don't want to fuck him around. There's no need to. You just go, look, keep doing what you're doing. I'd rather you get Adam Lallana in, back to fitness, Henderson yeah. in there because he's been out. Um, just keep it as stable as possible. We don't need to mess around. Yeah, with I've loved Trent Alexander-Arnold's performances, especially in recent weeks, I think. The last few weeks have been so much better than the first few of the season, for example. He's really grown into this team and he looks like a great fit at the moment for everything we do. Um, you know, attacking through the fullbacks has been one of our strong suits for the last eight weeks, easily. Yeah. Trent's been a massive part of that. You need to be able to 
bring Nathaniel Klein back into this side slowly and make sure that you don't mess him up, whatever that injury was, the back injury, as it were. Um, but also, Klopp's already spoken this week about Joe Gomez moving to centre-back. Yeah. Now, I, get, I guess, because they're young players... They're quite pliable, aren't they? Malleable, and they'd be able to do this. But for me, if you are going to move Trent, and I don't think he will anymore, um, then Trent's probably going to move during the summer months when Klopp yeah. can work on him a lot and talk to him tactically and and, and talk to him about his movement exactly. and his passion and what it has to be that's different to being played out on the on the right hand side. So if he is going to move, man, I do see Trent have the skill sets to play a six. By yeah. the way, I think he'd be a great six because he's got that tackling and he's got that passion ability and he's played midfield in the past. I think the summer's the time to do something like that, not a not a Champions League game. Exactly, and don't get me wrong, I'm excited to to see that move when it when it does happen because, like you say, I think he does have the skill set but it's one of them where where's he going to progress more you put him in midfield for the game you saw what happens when Ray Chan when we played him in so many different positions yeah. it stunted him for a little bit and it took him a while to, to then get used to playing the, the role that he was asked and you keep him at right back, he gets a load of the ball on that. You know what I mean? It's not like he's just a body. 112 touches against West Ham he had. Exactly. One player had more and that was James Milner with 125. Exactly. So if, you, if you're thinking about development of a player in the Premier League, keep him there. Keep him... That That's such a, a, a skilled role that we talked about this a while ago as well, that he could just stay there yeah, and could. become one of the best fullbacks. In world football, if he carries on the progression, because look, he's a young kid and he's he's coming up against massive players and week dealing in, with week it. out, yeah. And he's standing up to him. He's been incredible, yeah, absolutely he's, incredible. He's been brilliant. You, you're watching him going against Ever the other day as well, and he didn't shy out of that tackle. He went in hard and probably cut up his leg, um, and that's what you want to see from a from a young kid. Is and other players. Absolutely, especially when the name's Patrice Evra. At CMCA 101, if Liverpool were to win the Champions League final versus Barcelona, do you think Coutinho would regret leaving Tom Dutton? Yes, but not in the long term. <laughs> Genuinely, I think he'll be like, oh, I'm gutted I could have won it there because he's not even going to get to play for them. But for his long-term development and becoming the best player in the world, I think that's the team that you do with that at the moment. Could be Liverpool in four years and then he'll regret it and probably come back and and there'll be a whole thing. Um, yeah, you know what? That's the right answer, Tom, so we'll move on. Um, at Martin, 1,200. Name one player you'd like to sign in the summer if you were Klopp. If I was Klopp? Um, well, I don't know if I was if I was Klopp. If, oh, so I, I have the decision. I can just Let's sign say you're Liverpool one. manager. Who would you sign? Let's I make would it easy for sign, Yeah, I'd sign Rafael Varane. Okay, you love him. You've always had him. Yeah, I think he's just the one of... He's going to be the best centre-back in the world. Get him next to Van Dyke, we will be unstoppable. Um, aside from that, I'd get Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, but neither of them are going to happen. But that's what I'd do. Yeah, I've gone a little bit more realistic, and yet it's not realistic at the same time. And I mentioned him earlier on in the show, Alderweireld. He plays exactly the same way that we do at the moment. He understands how he's left in space, and he deals with attackers when they're running at him at pace in space and he doesn't have the support of maybe a full back um, he can also do the passing out from the back you know Tottenham play exactly the same as us in that regard I think a Van Dijk and Alderweireld partnership at the back would be better than anything in the Premier League and, and that's why I would go for him and, and he's one, comfortable sorry he's comfortable right. changing the tactics we saw going to a back three yeah. and the, the Tottenham do it seamlessly it's impressive so I think he'd be great at that as well okay and final question of the day before we wrap up the podcast and it's not football related at JD and that 
Favourite Martin Scorsese film? So I've, I watched Casino the other day. It's a great film. Fantastic film. I don't know if it's my favourite. I should have researched this before it. You did Goodfellas. You did. Then it's that. It's Goodfellas. Yeah. That is the right answer. It's also my first email address. Um, yeah. <laughs> Goodfellas underscore 111. Um, Wolf of Wall Street was quite good as well. Wolf of Wall Street's very good. The Departed, I enjoyed that Departed, as well. Yeah. Taxi Driver, yeah. great film. Um, and there's one more that rounds out my top five, Raging Bull as well. Oh, they're fantastic my, they're my top film, six, yeah. probably. If I had to put them in an order, it would be Goodfellas, Casino, Taxi Driver, Wolf of Wall Street, Raging Bull, The Departed. Yeah, I'll give you that. I think Goodfellas is just, and I I can watch that any time. I can I can half be halfway through it, and I'll sit down and watch the rest of it. I, it it's fantastic. Best great film. film, great film, great film, great director, great podcast, Tom. Thank you very much. Sai behind the desk. Thank you so much as well. Uh, thank you all for listening. Of course, don't forget if you want more Red Men TV podcasts, we do twenty a month. It's five pounds a month. We do videos and podcasts in your phone app, uh, whether that be iTunes, whether that be Podcaster, Podbean, anything like that. You can have them all there. It's five pounds a month. Get over to the redmentv.com and subscribe. Thanks for supporting the show, and I'll see you. And you'll listen to me next time on the Red Man TV.